This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity Podcast. We talk a lot about healthcare subjects with David Pivnik. David Pivnik is a lead partner at McGuire Woods, does a ton of work in the fraud and abuse, white collar crime area, and civil litigation. Uh, really gifted person. David, it seems like there's recently been an uptick in Stark settlements, fraud and abuse settlements, something I feel like I've not seen for a couple of years. But all of a sudden, we're seeing some big settlements tens of millions of dollars, more dollars. Can you give us a sense of what's going on out there? Is there increased activity? What are you seeing out there in terms of fraud and abuse settlements and so forth? Yeah, I, there has been, uh, I'd say more, I would describe it more as an increase in some of the settlements and announcements from DOJ, uh, more than necessarily an increase in activity. And, and why I say that is at the end of the day, uh, the numbers in 2023, for DOJ's uh, overall return for fraud and, and in 2022 as well was a little bit lower than it had been in, in the prior five to 10 years. And I think some of what's been going on now is a little bit of catch up, frankly, uh, where the Department of Justice had been working on a lot of matters and investigations that came in during or prior to uh, the pandemic and things have sort of got put on the shelf due to staffing concerns uh, and other issues related to the pandemic. And I think there's a lot of catch-up going on and a lot of years-long investigations that had been sitting on the back burner or had been largely dormant, um, you know, got a little bit more activity, got pushed forward, and were ultimately driven to a resolution where they had otherwise uh, been sitting idle for some time period. So I think as a general statement, the DOJ is uh, busy right now. I think in terms of the number of False Claims Act filings per year by ETAM whistleblowers that then lead to investigations, uh, I think those numbers are down from where they were at the peak about five to 10 years ago, but still, you know, consistently year after year, even during the pandemic, you know, we're looking at things in, in approximately the 600 range uh, to 700 filings a year. So there's still a fair amount of activity being driven and pushed to DOJ and DOJ is actively working those cases. But I think some of the results early this year and, and even in late 2023 uh, were as much a function of timing and things having sat idle um, in 21 and, and 20 uh, which led to lower numbers in 2022 in the early part of 2023. Thank you. And are you hearing more about it from people in the community, from people in the um, the private equity community, the healthcare sponsored company community, or, or not necessarily so? What, what do you see out there? Yeah, I absolutely. I, I hear about investigations as they come up, and I hear people asking, you know, people routinely ask me where we're seeing a focus and whether we're seeing more activity. Um, I get that question increasingly from private equity funds uh, who we represent or have relationships with um, both directly and as to their platforms. And, and the question regarding direct private equity involvement uh, continues to come up with frequency. And, and we've talked about before, we're not at a point in time where I'm seeing, um, you know, a common theme of private equity funds directly being brought in as defendants in investigations or in litigation, uh, but it certainly is something where we're seeing it more frequently than we did several years ago and where it's at least something to keep an eye on for the funds themselves to try and avoid being named directly in addition to making sure that their platforms are behaving in a compliant manner and avoiding direct investigation. Thank you. And, and David, anything else that's top of mind that you're watching? I know you handle big, big cases, often for large health systems, large private equity funds and their companies. What, what else, anything else top of mind for you currently that you're watching closely? Yeah, the other, the other thing that I'm monitoring, which 
um, has less of a direct day-to-day -day impact on my practice, but but will I, I think lead to further work and issues coming up big picture uh, is in connection with with sort of deal flow right now and some of the issues that have come up both um, in terms of getting deals across the finish line now where you know both buy side and sell side I'm helping clients frequently assess litigation risks or position litigation risks on on the sell side um, and I think those are getting a lot more scrutiny as people are a little bit more cautious. Um, with investments that are trying to assess those risks and make sure that they're priced appropriately in the deal and that, you know, between indemnity, escrow, RWI insurance, um, you know, et cetera, that, that there's enough protection. Uh, but then similarly, I'm seeing a lot more litigation on the back end where after transactions have closed, I think there's more of a willingness for uh, parties to take a closer eye on some of the breaches and make sure that they're enforcing, you know, the, the terms in the letter of the agreement as written and i think there used to be a little bit more tolerance for some of the smaller issues that developed and i think people are being much more careful now uh you know to document the terms as they expect the deal to proceed and where it appears that you know there was fraud in inducing the transaction or where a party is not honoring you know it, it's its side of the bargain where it's not performing uh an nwc reconciliation appropriately for example i think there's a lot more of a pushback on that and a willingness to litigate uh, and I'm seeing those cases much more frequently on, on both sides, frankly. No, fantastic. And, and anything else that you're watching closely that's top of mind? I, I, I know you've got avid interest across the board, but in, in the legal or business area, anything else that's that's top of mind for you currently? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I, and I was actively in discussions about this early days is watching the associate market. Uh, less, maybe less interesting to, to some of your listeners, but something that, that's top of mind for me is seeing how, uh, the legal market is shifting and folks are making decisions as to where, where they want to be practicing. And, and we're looking to build out some of our, our areas, you know, my team included and, and trying to figure out what the market looks like is something that I'm, I'm constantly interested in. And, and it's been, in, it's taking an interesting shape so far this year. Thank you very, very much. Is the associate market getting tighter, easier in terms of hiring associates in the law business? What does that look like? Because it probably translates over to analysts and associates in private equity and banking and so forth. What's your sense of the market? Um, I, I think we're seeing a, a little bit more uh, tightening. I think the the businesses, the firms in this instance, um, have a little bit more uh, leverage than I think they had over the last couple of years where there was uh, it was a sort of an overheated market with a ton of opportunities that were available. So I think it, it's starting to tighten a little bit, and it'll be interesting to see how that shapes both, you know, hiring and, and also making uh, personnel decisions internally in terms of staffing and making sure that you've got the right team and mix. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that it creates some opportunities to end up with some additional talent that we can bring in, uh, you know, high-level talent that, you know, for any number of reasons is, is looking to make a move um, and, and we may have more of an opportunity to pounce in a tighter market. Fantastic. Uh, David, as always, it's great to visit with David Pivnik, partner, leader at McGuire Woods, brilliant lawyer and thinker, does a lot of work in the healthcare lit sector, uh, big fraud abuse cases, big civil cases, fascinating to watch his career. David, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Scott.